Welcome to 100 PM, the show where we're interviewing 100 expert product managers around the globe to bring you all the actionable advice you need to succeed in product. I'm your host, Susanna Bate, product coach and founder of The Development Factory. And today, you're listening to How to Define Your Product Strategy, an exclusive multi-episode series featuring Gib Biddle, former VP of product for Netflix. Today's episode is working bottom up. Scan your project list to identify themes and define your product strategy. The key to the strategy metric tactic lockup is to identify a high-level product strategy, assign a proxy metric to measure the strategy's effectiveness, then brainstorm a set of projects that will move the metric. If you get stuck in this process, however, it sometimes helps to turn the process on its head. I often ask a team to list all the projects they believe are important, then sort the projects into buckets of ideas. The label for each of these buckets often indicates the implied strategy. For instance, in the case of the simple product strategy, there were a set of projects that the team believed were important. Here were those ideas. Reduce text and explanations, provide step-by-step guides for new members, use customer support dispositioning data to isolate mistakes, eliminate unused features or functions, provide context-sensitive information, progressive disclosure, provide easy access to self-help systems. Thinking about this list of ideas, we discussed common themes and isolated the simple hypothesis. That was the label that we gave to this bucket of ideas. In contrast, Personalization efforts at Netflix are an example of a top-down approach. We decided that the high-level hypothesis, creating a personalized experience, will improve retention. Then we identified a proxy metric and brainstormed projects to move the metric. Product strategy exercise number seven. Based on this essay, look at the list of projects you believe are essential, then sort them to identify high-level themes. These themes are potential product strategies. Now, reevaluate your product strategy metric tactic lockup to see if it warrants changes or edits. In the next essay, we'll drop down a level into the product organization to talk about how each product leader can define their product strategy for their swim lane or pod. I don't know that this is as much a question as just validation. But I love the way that you spoke to the roll-up into the strategy. Because when I read the first essay in the series, and, and you do such a good job of this, I have to say, where every essay, I'm already asking the question that you then go on to sort of speak to in, in more depth in, in each subsequent one, which is so great. In the first essay, my immediate mind went to how do you get to those four or six strategies as succinctly as personalization? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's just tagging. <laughs> it's saying, let's round up all of these issues. Yep. Let's see if there's a theme. Yep. And then let's take that theme and make it sound like something we can get behind. Yep. I'll tell you how I got to this place. <laughs> if you walk into a startup, and ask them, what's all the stuff that they want to build? They will tell you. They'll, they'll give you a list of stuff. They'll give you a roadmap, et cetera. 
if people are a little stumped on how to think and talk about the product strategy, that's when I say, okay, look at all these projects. You, you believe that these are the right things to do. You're confident about them. Tell me why. And then, yes, to your point, they bunch them together, and then the themes start kind of screaming out at you. So I use this when some companies where it feels a little over-intellectual, the sort of tops-down approach. I'm like, just tell me what you're working on. And why do you believe these are important ideas? I sometimes find that sort of helps people to organize their thinking. And then instead of talking about projects or tactics, now they're talking about strategies. And strategies help people to think longer term. Uh, projects have a life of whatever it takes, two months or three or six months. But strategies, especially if they're highly effective, like uh, personalization at Netflix, they can now have a life for 10 or 15 years. And then you're just always thinking, okay, I know what my proxy metric is. What are the projects or tactics that will move that, that proxy? Anyways, I'm an advocate of both working tops down and bottoms up. And really, I use various tactics with different people. I'm just always searching for what's most helpful and effective. Well, and the, you use the example of personalization here as the yep. top-down example. Yep. It sounds like when the vision bursts forth, that's a pretty good indication of a top-down strategy that wants to be born. Yeah. When and if you don't have that, this bottoms-up or this roll-up kind of idea can be a really helpful way for folks listening in to say, okay, I don't have to feel lost because I don't have a big vision around this. Right. I just have to think about how these things relate and if they yeah. matter. I guess I want all product leaders to aspire to be the product leader. There they are sitting at a board meeting telling the board what's up. If they just say, here's all the stuff we're going to build, here are all the projects, it doesn't really sound like they've got it together. But if they say, hey, here are a couple of principles or strategies or high-level theories and hypotheses. Now it starts to build some real credibility with investors. And you use the word multiple times. You know, at some point, it's about providing a story. And sometimes as organizations get bigger, it's, it's helpful context that helps everybody in the organization to understand what's important and what's not. And that's really how I think about strategy. I've heard people talk in the context of road mapping, and I know that you speak about road mapping later in the series, that your themes, which in, in this context are really these strategies Correct. that you speak about, should always be framed from the perspective of the customer. Do you share that? I guess maybe I don't. <laughs> That's funny. I, I got your point right away. Okay, let's take an example. Well, put it this way. You'd like there to be customer benefit, but at the end of the day, in strategy, I'm not talking to the customer, right? I'm talking to the teams. I'm talking to the company. I'm talking to investors. Like at Chag, one of the strategies was all about building a student graph. Like I would never use the language student graph to a customer. Now, what, what the student got through the student graph was we instantly knew what campus they were on and what classes they were in and what books required for that class. So the benefit was making it easy for them to, to find their books. But the language that we use internally was student graph, which 
we were trying to build a sort of hard to copy, essentially a network effect there. Anyways, when I'm talking strategy or sharing a roadmap or trying to figure out the organizational structure, I'm not trying to do it in consumer language. But at the end of the day, everything we're doing is in service to the customer. So I get that. And frankly, most of the, many of the theories and hypotheses are starting with what do we think will delight the customer? Well, and that's exactly as you were talking, that's where my mind went. I said, yeah. well, of course you don't need to, to frame it through the lens of the customer yeah. because delight is baked into the bedrock yeah, of the strategy of itself if you follow the it, model. It, yeah. Well, the other thing I was thinking about is organizational structure. It can be pretty tricky. And I'm always trying to make it so that the customer can't see our organizational structure. But sometimes the cracks show. You can sort of tell it's a different product leader on the DVDs from streaming. Or you can almost tell the personality of the folks that's, that's doing the homepage. But the job is they shouldn't be able to see that. Everything fits together and flows. And occasionally I, I'm on other websites and I can almost guess the organizational structure. I can see where the sort of cracks are on the sidewalk, if you will. So I try not to make that happen. Gib Biddle, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell our listeners how they can reach you, learn more, stay in touch? I am www.gibsonbiddle.com. I'm also Gibson Biddle on Medium. All right. You've been listening to 100 PM with Gib Biddle. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a ton, Suzanne, for having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to 100 PM, the official podcast for 100productmanagers.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe in the Apple Store at Google Play or on Stitcher, or leave us a great review so others can help find us. If you want to get in touch directly, email Suzanne at 100productmanagers.com or visit us on the web. Thank you.